Hey guys, how you doing? Stu here from The Bearded Plumber. Um, the first podcast is up and about. I'm just about to upload it. I'm just trying to edit this. This is my intro for it. It's going to be amateur. Um, I'm afraid I'm not um, not that comfortable talking to my phone, as you can probably tell. But yeah, it will kind of get better with time, I guess. Um, this episode, well, this this first one was um, a conversation between me and uh, my one of my oldest friends, Steve. He, since he was 17, has kind of been in the system Work work wise, you know, he's uh, he worked for the navy. Then he came out of the navy. Then they put him through a few different courses, and he started working for people. He's only just uh, at the age of thirty three gone into like entrepreneur entrepreneurism, entrepreneurism, yeah. Um, where and he's kind of jumped in on the deep end. Really, he's gone and opened up two two businesses. Um, the bike shack was one of them, and Fat Man to Iron Man. Now, Fat Man to Iron Man, I'm kind of really quite um quite happy to help with him there i'm really kind of keen to to get that off the ground it's um essentially kind of did it for himself uh just to get himself up and about you know um 30 odd year old dad not a lot of exercise goes on there so he's um tried to push himself to kind of complete an iron man and he decided he was going to try and help others as well to do that so uh, as you can see from the talk he actually he's got a bit of a small group at the moment but i think next year we're really going to try and push it out to other people and um see how that kind of progresses and the bike shack i mean he's just jumping on the bandwagon really with um you know what's going on with the coronavirus and the lockdown you know everyone's out on their bikes so yeah, it kind of means more more repairs more servicing um again i think he kind of found from experience that looking at getting his kids bikes and his own bikes kind of serviced locally to where he lives just up in northamptonshire he struggled because um you know the local halfords and i think it was a company called leisure lakes up there they're just too busy really um you know you're going to be waiting a while so he decided to put his his uh engineering background to test and um looked at bikes and that's kind of where he's gone from there so he's starting that up as well so you know all the best to him you'll see um you'll obviously see steve and see how it goes um we have to apologize the zoom quality wasn't great my lighting was terrible um like i could say first one there's going to be mistakes they're going to be made it's going to get better from here um yeah we'll see how it goes guys and um if you are a local small businessman not necessarily local but a small business owner and you fancy kind of jumping on board with the podcast i mean it, it's really just going to be as you can see a bit of a chat a bit of a you know conversation about where you got with your small business how you started it uh, what you do um, it's a good little bit of publicity um, obviously it's free it's easy content um, yeah we'll go from there uh, like I say probably pretty amateur at the moment uh, we'll see how it goes and hopefully it will progress from there but yeah hope you guys like it and um, like I say get in touch if you want to join me on this um, help towards it and yeah kind of go from there we'll see all right cheers guys thanks there you go right I think it's recording Man, how we doing? Hello, mate. Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Mm. In the yeah, bike man, shack. Good. In the bike shack. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, mate. So I, I basically just wanted to um, give people a bit of a kind of background on you. Yeah. What, you've, uh, what you've been up to over the last, uh, yeah. what I say, like twenty years? Let's say. Should we cover that? <laughs> twenty years. Um, <laughs> and then obviously, yeah, what you're kind of getting back, getting into now, and what you're, um, what you're starting up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we won't bother with school, mate. But let's um, let's talk about Navy years. Yeah, man. So you're joining at seventeen. You're probably the only sober sailor on board the ship. Mm, sort of. <laughs> nah, man. I went went through um, 
went through my training obviously being 17 years old you weren't allowed to to drink or anything but um i distinctly remember um going through rally which is the the basic training establishment and the over 18 year olds get like a stamp on the back of their hand so they can yeah. drink so i remember as soon as they got their stamp you go straight in and, and like put your hand on the back of their palm so it's still wet so you've got a stamp as well so yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. means and ways and all that sort of stuff but yeah yeah so at 17 join the join the military crazy yeah good fun <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was all right. Man. I had his moments. I had his moments, certainly. And then so, on ship, no, on ship. No. Go on. say again. On ship for a while. Yeah, so after I did all my uh, my training and my trade training and everything, it's basically started my um, engineering apprenticeship. Um, I went to HMS Collingwood, did a year and a half at Collingwood, um, learned electrical engineering, and then um, yeah, I joined HMS York. September no sorry it was it was a week after my 18th birthday so I was like to drink and I joined HMS York I flew out to Singapore and uh, I met her out in Singapore it was uh, halfway through their Far East deployment so nice. which was a uh, which was pretty good nice nice first trip for us yeah I got around all the full Far East and China and Hong Kong and Singapore and all that good stuff and then uh, came back, did some uh, some surveillance stuff off the coast of Somalia, um, back through the Suez Canal, and then stopped in Gibraltar, and then back up uh, back up to Portsmouth. So yeah, first first trip was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah did did some other good trips on New York as well. It was a good ship, had a, had a great time. So yeah, man. <laughs> and then was it was it from New York straight to Afghanistan or how did how did that come yes. about? <laughs> straight there go there now yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no i had um <laughs> no nah, man uh believe it or not you have to actually go through some sort of like um army man training to go out there they can't just send sailors out there because you just you know there's no sea in afghanistan um so <laughs> now I, I joined a commando logistics regiment in barnstable um i did uh i did a six-week course in limpston with the royal marines teaching you how to basically be a, be a soldier sort of thing. Um, I did all my optag training, all, all the uh, pre-deployment stuff. And, and then, yeah, yeah, went out to uh, Afghanistan about, oh God, about eight months later. Um, that was an eye-opener. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was that was different. Um, no, we were doing the convoy support, uh, well, logistic support and stuff. So, uh, basically, resupplying forward operating bases from Camp Bastion. So, going to the front line, spend a couple of days in these fobs, and then come back back to Bastion and resupplying. And that. So, but um, yeah, different. Yeah, a little bit <laughs> different to engineering on a ship. It, it was, mate. It really was. It was sort of like two years of, of my life, which was I'm, I'm glad I did it. Um, to put some hairs on my chest, if it were, and uh, yeah, it's something that a lot, not a lot, not a lot of people can say they've they've done. So, yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, straight from that, uh, I went to Mine Hunters. Then I okay. spent the, the rest the rest of my career on on Mine Hunters, um, which is great. Had a real good time on those ships. Um, I was with uh, MCM. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean they're only six meters long um made of plastic so they don't attract magnetic mines um but yeah small crew small atmosphere and we did some really good stuff went to the gulf uh in bahrain for nine months um 
went around the Mediterranean loads of times. We did uh, some stuff in Libya when that was kicking off, blew some minds up and stuff. So, um, yeah, man, yeah, it was really good. Really enjoyed it. And then, uh, then I, I came out in 2012. That was, yeah. that was the, so a brief, that brief sort of stint thing. as an electrician. <laughs> and then... Um... <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. That's the... You know what, man, that's, that's the sort of thing that no one really teaches you in life is how to trans transform from military to civilian so no one really teaches you how to be a real person if it were so when you're in the military you are quite institutionalized you're told where to be what time to be there what clothes to be wearing what stuff to have with you um but where you come out and you are a civilian no one tells you that stuff and it's like I, I did some qualifying courses into being a domestic electrician. I was like, ah, fine, I'll just start my own business up. I'll, I'll, I'll run S Web Electrical and I'll be a millionaire within six months. And uh, <laughs> lo and behold, real life problems got in the way. And it was like, this is difficult, man. And no, no one teaches that stuff. So it's, I was lucky because I had my, my sort of trade behind me. I, I went into another job and, and kind of sustained my life that way but, but yeah that, that was quite a difficult time and uh, mm. yeah no one te no one teaches you how to, how to do that stuff <laughs> they, they don't they don't well obviously they'll teach you electrics but they won't teach you how to run a business as well and like exactly yeah man yeah yeah exactly so it, all little things like getting trade accounts and um job planning and quoting and stuff like that it was it was straight in the deep and i did some charity work as well which i fell into that trap um, not that doing charity works bad thing but um that really kicked my ass that did and it was it was like i'm being too naive here um and yeah i fell into that trap big time and uh i didn't yeah again another life experience for me but i was what 20 23 24 something like that so it's just another thing to to sort of build me up into the person i am now i guess yeah yeah so where did you because it wasn't alimac that you were in after that was it i can't remember what the name was but it was the um oh, man. no I, I went to a company called uniflare and yeah. um they're renewable renewable energy specialist in in waste gas to grid sort of thing so it was basically where all your waste food goes or landfill either goes to um uh, anaerobic digestion plant or a recycle plant or something and that all that waste gets uh, converted into into well the, the gas gets extracted from it uh, gets put into uh, marine gas combustion engines and then generates electricity from it so we're talking big big power you know um but no, we were doing the flaring systems, so the, the the burning off of the gas and the valve systems and the, and the uh, dehumidification and the cooling of the gas, that sort of stuff. So it, it, you know what? I, I actually quite enjoyed that. It was a good job. Yeah. Um, the money wasn't fantastic, but but, um, but again, another life experience and, and something new, something different, something to add to the CV, I guess, which, yeah, which was yeah. all right. Yeah. All right. Very good. Nice. <laughs> and, then, and then Annie Mac, I mean, how you, you kind of jumped the... Um, and you kind of got promoted quite quickly with that, didn't you? Really, I can't remember how long you were there for, but you were yeah, you were in charge of a I lot would, of blokes really quickly. Oh gosh, yeah, that that was crazy. Um, Alimac, that was um, I, I I went straight into a field engineer, and that was um, working in in all industries, all sectors, oil and gas, offshore, onshore, uh, power, UK power stations, 
um, cement plants, construction, you name it. We, we had machines and basically vertical access, rack and pinion driven hoists and lifts. Um, and I, I was doing that for about two and a half years. And it was, again, the money was fantastic. And some of the places we got to go to was, was crazy, it was really good. And some of these offshore rigs in, in Africa and stuff, really cool. Um, but the time away from the family was, was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I had, a, had a chat with my boss at the time and I said, look, I can't, I can't do this anymore being away from the family so much and I was quite lucky a, a job opened up uh, within the company uh, um, which was based in the office in Rushton so I, I took that job and I was construction support coordinator or something so I was just helping the behind the scenes stuff with the construction department yeah. um, and then the opportunity arose to become field supervisor so I've never really done a managerial job before and um, I, I took it and straight away I've gone from being part of a group of, of engineers, field engineers, about 20, 23 guys it was, um, straight into being their direct line manager. <laughs> so, and uh, that was crazy, absolutely crazy. So you have to go from being a fairly childish bloke who had a bit of a sense of humour running with these guys to then be their, their go-to point of contact. Um, and it, yeah, that was really a time to grow up and become a man time sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, so the support I had with uh, with my boss it was, was fantastic. I learned no end of stuff. Um, and then over that time, the company acquired some more businesses and I actually moved into um, another section of the business, which was these uh, uh, big cranes on top of buildings and roofs for the window cleaning baskets and stuff. And, uh, that again had quite a few issues shall we say mm -hmm. um but that was a go and fix that sort of problem and uh, again for the year and a half of doing that learned so much and um just became this this evolved person sort of thing so um i've got every credit for for animac for for everything they did for me and um running some of these projects and running some of the guys and some of these but you know we're talking some of the most prestigious buildings in central london and uh you know it was, it was great great fun but it came to the point where um it was becoming too much for me and it's i was becoming that sort of person i didn't really want to be i always kind of wanted to sort of run my own thing and do my own thing and i've always been fairly laid back and i'm now becoming a uh, a corporate suit wearing yeah person you know so you know I, I i'm the guy who wants to grab his surfboard and or bike and just go off and into the woods for the weekend and yeah, yeah that sort of person so, yeah so, so, so from prestigious london buildings to uh to your shed <laughs> <laughs> to the shed yeah man. yeah to the bike so, shack so the bike yeah. shack yeah man that's it so it's um it's, it's something like a bit of a passion of mine I, I like it's more of a hobby than anything else like um bikes and stuff is is like um they're really easy to look after anyone can do it but some of the higher higher end bikes they take quite a lot of precision some some quite complex mechanics and that sort of stuff and it's that's the sort of thing i enjoy i enjoy taking stuff to pieces and make things work a bit better and stuff and um that's the whole idea of the bike shack and i've had uh like i said 
I, I'm sort of new to the cycling thing anyway and um, had two experiences with the two shops in town, um, Halfords and uh, another company called Leisure Lakes. Now, uh, Halfords being a big global sort of UK wide company, um, I find that going in there, they they charge you money for someone who doesn't really know what they're doing. And it's kind of like the organ, the meat grinder sort of thing. Just get people in, charge you money, get them out. And there's no, there's no sort of love there. Mm. Um, whereas you go next door to the company called Leisure Lakes, which is your higher end type bikes where you spend a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and if you walk into that place and you're a sort of novice and you haven't got the money to spend, they kind of turn their nose up at you. Um, so I wanted to sort of sit in the middle between those two guys yeah, sure. being, uh, you know, just a, a guy in a shed, <laughs> so, <laughs> but obviously I want to grow, grow the thing, but, um, it, yeah, it's crazy. So from, from the, the novice to the, to the more higher end sort of thing and just, just be another, another sort of in, in the market rather than the top end or the low end. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the idea behind the uh, behind the bike shed, and nice. we can and we can drink beer in here as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well to be honest, when you're jumping on the bandwagon at a good time because um, you know everyone's on their bikes at the moment, and it seems to be. I mean, even the couple of places around by us, um, you know, you're looking at two, three months until you can get your bike in for a service. So, right, yeah, yeah, it's in demand at the moment, definitely. It certainly is. I mean, it's again, it's um, especially with the, the the new up and coming thing with the uh, with the e-bikes as well. That's becoming really, really popular. Um, nobody really wants to touch an e-bike because you know people are afraid of electricity, sort of thing. I'm not going to mm. touch that. I'm going to break it. It cost me loads of money, so I'm going to pay an extortion amount of money for someone to fix it for me. Um, not really into that. I'm not going to charge someone an extortion amount of money, but I can certainly have a look at it for you and and um you know give you some some tips and advice on how to sort of look after it and that's that's the main thing anyway that's, that's yeah. the goal yeah yeah that's it <laughs> it's yeah it's, it's, it's giving people that um that that extra hand really isn't it is helping them out um yeah, and earning a bit of money doing so yeah yeah exactly nice yeah, exactly that's it <laughs> right, next next project project fat, two fat man, fat man to iron man <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, this is uh, this is something I've I've, I've come up with. Um, I recently sort of started a like an online fitness program sort of thing, and um, I, I, again with my sort of brain, I thought, you know what, I can I could probably do this better. Um, and I don't like to do things in small measures. I like to kind of go big or go home. So. Um, during my, my time at Alimac, I put quite a lot of weight on, um, smoked too much, really unhealthy sort of lifestyle because it's back and forth from London and um, trying to eat when you can. And you just, just the weight I put on was ridiculous. And I thought, Do you know, I really need to change me. I need to change who I am. I'm becoming this, this overweight person which i'd sort of like detest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I was doing this, 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 uh, this program and, I thought, you know, what? I, I, I want to do an, an an Ironman, which is one of the hardest triathlons in the world. Um, it's a two and a two and a half mile swim, followed by a hundred and twenty mile bike ride, followed by uh, a twenty six mile marathon. And what better 
sort of competition to, to do than, than that. It's got such a great name. Um, and I, I started my own personal Fat Man to Iron Man program. And uh, I've been, been sort of doing updates on Facebook and I've got this little group and stuff and thinking, well, if it's just me, there, there's got to be more people out there like me who want to do something amazing rather than the nine to five boring stuff. So yeah, definitely. The Fat Man to Iron Man program next year will become a, a thing where it's going to be open to other people. Um, I'm currently trying it, trying it with a, with a group of a small group of, of average, average people um, <laughs> where it's, I want to transform just, just a normal person into something this triathlete sort of thing so yeah. next year yeah, we're going to do the whole program it's not going to be just just fitness it's um it's going to be a whole lifestyle change from planning your day-to-day -day life to becoming a better person you know changing your your habits making your health better your your turning your personal development on and actually doing nutrition and life. all of that yeah nutrition yes family time as well is so important and and a lot of people and i found from personal experiences a lot of people just neglect that and what i found is my my kids are quite young at the moment but i've almost blinked and they're now both at school and it's like I've missed that time because I've buried my head in work and I've missed my kids growing up so far. I mean, they're, they're five and uh, five, uh, gosh, four and five at the moment, but it's like, I, I've missed that little part of their life because I've just dug my head into the, into work. Yeah. Um, but no, with this, the beauty of it is you can concentrate on your family and you can concentrate on your work and can concentrate on yourself as well. And that's, that's the important thing is concentrating on, on, on you um if you if you're not at the top of your game then everyone else is going to suffer so, but if yeah. you're at 100 percent, everyone else gets the best you sort of first rule of first aid isn't it make sure you're all right first um yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Man, exactly it's like the, the, the airplane thing as well you fit your own mask before helping someone else first. so yeah. you get yourself sorted and and yeah that's it man but no, at the moment, the, the trial with the uh, my little team of champions is uh, it's going okay. I've lost a couple of guys already because it is, I wouldn't say it's intense, but it's dedication. So you've got to give yourself that sort of purpose in life to want to do it. It's very well and good turning up saying, oh, you know what, I'm going to do an Ironman competition. Whereas, and I call it the honeymoon period because after mm -hmm. two weeks, it's like, Oh, do you know, do I, I can't bother this? this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah see, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, so the guys I've got at the moment who are still going after week four now, they're, they're on the right track. They've got the right mentality. It's still a long way to go, but they're on the right sort of, and if they follow my program, then, you know, because we're all going to do it together and I'm going to do my own, my own Ironman um, because it's, a, it's a, little more, a lot more easier and B, it's a downside more cheaper because, you know, just to do an Ironman, you're talking 500 quid just to mm. get onto the competition. That doesn't... Just a local one as well. Yeah, yeah, that's just a local one. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm doing the one in Portugal next next year, um, but you've got to buy, you know, a proper bike. You've got to you need a proper bike anyway, but um, you've got to get yourself a wetsuit because you're doing an outdoor swim and... and 
the cost that comes with it is, is is phenomenal you could be talking like real big money but the way i'm trying to do it is i'm going to do it local it's not going to be as intense it's going to be well not as strict as well it's going to be a lot more laid back it's going to be local up here in northamptonshire um are you thinking it, of doing it online so you can you know if it wasn't yeah, necessarily yeah, from northampton then exactly and that that's the beauty of having um uh, having this sort of man-made thing because you know i've got one of my members is in cyprus at the moment yeah. um everything that she does is all all through um like strava and everything we've got a whatsapp group and um so we can do the competition all online there's, there's mm. no stopping us do that we can do the swim in the pool um we can log points of where we're going to cycle and and then do a run and uh, i think the guys who are up here are going to do it we're going to try and do it together and um yeah we'll, we'll go from there it's a lot more laid back there's so many rules with iron man it's ridiculous and um you've got seven 17 hours to do this competition and i think what we'll do is we'll we'll stop the timer at 16 hours 59 minutes <laughs> so yeah. we can all cross the line sort of thing but but no that's the idea behind it and it's um it's trying to get new people in and i've also found that by doing something with this and especially with with the lockdown thing is you're making new friends even though you don't meet these people you can still talk to each other and you can still relate because you're going through the same thing yeah. and this this sort of honesty filter goes out the window because you're all in the same boat as well this um i know when you sort of like you talk to someone you're like um yeah well i can run 15 miles <laughs> when we all know that's that's absolute rubbish um honesty man is the way forward you turn around and say like do you know what? i can't even run three kilometers that's fine we're all doing it together and we'll get you up at that level that's the whole point mm. of it um but yeah that's that's the plan man get this get this iron fat man to iron man going that's it so with um with the the, the, the official program for kind of next year how's it how, how's that going to kind of run is that like a bit of a sign up and then hit the ground running <laughs> um in january <laughs> Um, yeah man it's well I'm, I'm probably pushing to be what we're in there april may probably june july time next year yeah. um it's gonna be basically a case of because i'm looking for all walks of life and i'm particularly targeting um middle-aged dads basically yeah. um and everyone's different we all know that and to start off is going to be i'm going to look at everyone individually and, and kind of come up with a plan with them together the basics are all going to be the same planning your life how to plan your life how to um fit these things in now the the thing i found for me which is an ultimate game changer is getting up early in the morning um you know we're all guilty of it getting up late and that sort of stuff but I find I get up at five every morning and I go and do something, whether that be a run or read a book or some learning of some sort for personal development or some yoga or whatever, or cycle that hour and a half to two hours in the morning, which I get up way before everyone else is like my own personal time. And after a couple of weeks of doing it, you get into this routine and it's like, this is amazing. I've got, no kids 
like in the nicest possible way i've got no kids <laughs> um I, i'm in the house on my own I, I go i quite often go for dog walks and stuff really early and stuff and it's it's that starting from this small um morning routine to then move into slightly bigger routines to actually planning your day so i'm not sure about yourself but i try and plan my day out as 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 to the to the minute as possible and i try and stick to it it never it never it doesn't work out all the time but when i know i have something to stick to i will tend to stick to it mm-hmm. and another thing i've been guilty of is not having lunch not eating properly so come 12 o'clock i've got it in my calendar stop have lunch stop what you're doing eat something and the, the biggest thing i've been told is well i'm far too busy for that I can't do that. Yeah. I, uh, too busy for it. I, I can't do it. It's like, well, you can. There's, there's like, there's like 170 out, 170 something hours in a week. You can manage five hours out of that time to do something. To, to, and at the moment with the guys, I'm, I'm trying to get them to do an hour in the morning. Spend an hour, you time, read a book, do yoga, go for a run, and I give them challenges and stuff. Yeah. I've got one challenge this week, which is I want the guys to to cook something, do a video of it, or take pictures of it, show me their ingredients, and and just prove that to yourself that you can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it is fun as well. And I try and do it with my wife. Is we'll spend some time together and we'll cook something, and it's like a bit of bonding time between us. Plus, we get a bit of you know cooking experience together make something nice and healthy and it's it, you know it's good and it's trying to get the guys to do stuff like that but you can't get that into someone within a week it take it takes a good couple of months to sort of change while, that yeah well it's all it's Once, all about small um small changes isn't it to start with yeah yeah man exactly <laughs> but once we're sort of in that um in that routine <laughs> that's it mate once we're in that routine we can then we can then go for um the actual training programs the proper training program so uh, the first one is the 12 week which is a half iron man training program um and once we're up to that level then we start the big one which is the 30 30 week one and then at the end of that we'll be there ready to do the actual iron man competition sure. that's it man <laughs> easy yeah, man. But uh, yeah, easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Cool. Yeah, mm. no, that sounds good. Um, yeah, no, I'd look forward to to helping out on that, mate, and getting that going. Well, yeah, man. I mean, we uh, we obviously need. We're, I'm going to document everything, and we uh, uh, need yourself down there to to do the video in and and do the uh, the updates and that. So certainly. Cool. All right. Fantastic. Well, no, mate. Good speaking to you. I'll get this yeah, out, get it, get it all online. And, yeah, um, yeah, mate, all the best. Sweet. Right, speak to you in a bit. <laughs> Cheers, man.